Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Branding Evangelist. Oh my goodness, special guest today. She is coming to us all the way from Europe in Germany. And just a little tip here, she's a little nervous. This is her first podcast interview, but I know she's going to do just fine. So please welcome Nisha Lehman. Hey, Nisha. Hi. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Oh, thank you for being here. And I know it's a later hour in the day for you in that great country of yours. So if you don't mind, just, just go ahead and tell our our audience exactly what your company does. Sure. Um, the name, it, it's actually an app. Um, it's a company, but it, you, it's an app. The name is Confidential Conversations. And it is an app that basically fosters online support groups that are completely anonymous to walk through and discuss mental health issues, but way more affordable than going to a therapist or going to a counselor that you might not be able to afford or maybe you don't feel comfortable with. Really, the idea behind this app is to be able to foster a kind of global mental health community where completely anonymously you can connect with other people who might be struggling with the same thing that you are, to be able to talk without any shame, stigma, guilt uh, about what you are experiencing and try and work through it together with other peers like yourself. And um, the reason why it came about is because really, quite frankly, I, I needed it myself. Oh. Um, I needed an outlet uh, that was accessible to me online, but something that was really, I'm a very introverted chai person as you can probably tell i don't do yeah. podcasts very often and yeah. even being here is very nerve-wracking for me oh. but uh i so getting to bringing myself to be able to talk about mental health issues is, is very difficult and i knew i would never be able to do it unless i was completely pr protected somehow or my identity was completely kept private and I, I felt very comfortable in the fact that i wasn't going to be able to be identified or marketed to in some way if I was talking about my mental health issues. And so really the baseline of this app is that th that's the crux. I mean, no one knows anything about you. We don't ask any personal information about you. We don't collect any user data about you. It's a place for you to just, as you feel comfortable, to connect, to talk through, to try to help others perhaps who are experiencing the same thing or to just find a friend that's going through it with you. Oh, I think that's wonderful. And I applaud you for doing what you're doing, because as we all know, mental health is a big issue today for so many young adults, especially. And Indeed, anything yeah. we can do to prevent suicide is a smart thing to do and a great thing to do. So uh, my hat's off to you. Yes, thank you very much. I mean, it's it's I wouldn't say it's a rebellion, but it's really also a kind of 
I, I'm always confused as to why we don't treat mental health the same way we do physical health. Because if we did, we would be able to do much, so much more in the way of prevention. So this is really a kind of very small step in that direction where it's not like somehow exorbitantly expensive where you have to make the leap, the time commitment, the financial commitment to actually seeing a professional, but kind of on your own terms to to, to kind of define, determine where you are on the mental health spectrum, whether it's something you can handle yourself or whether a peer group is something that could be more valuable to you than a therapist or whether it's really actually escalated so much that you do need to see a therapist. So, I mean, it's also not a... Yeah. It's not supposed to deter people from therapy, but essentially give people another option and a way to kind of determine themselves whether that's the right path or not. And I really like this because people need to connect, as you said, and that's what your app was about. So let's dig a little deeper on that, because when you said they can connect and talk to, tell us how the app actually works. Are they going... Sure. Are they connecting through the app and then they get on a Zoom call or are they in some kind of chat room? Uh, how does it work? Sure. So basically, you log in with a PIN the way you would um, at a bank or, or something like this. You have a kind of identifier where you log in with that number every time. And then you are assigned a kind of random emoji. So no one sees your face. No one sees your any information about you. You are kind of just... Mr. Broccoli or Mr. Eggplant or whatever. You are assigned an emoji. You can change it if you want to, but um, you're assigned a kind of very innocuous picture that is supposed to be representing you. And based on this, everything is categorized and subcategorized by area. So if you are suffering from substance abuse issues or real trauma of some kind or workplace related issues, I mean, I think we've all experienced that in the last two years, uh, or gender gender identity issues, um, things that are driven kind of societally, which is a, a kind of broad, broad category. But the idea is you kind of try to narrow down which support group or groups could be right for you. And you can join as many as you want. I mean, what is really frustrating about mental health is that these issues kind of lead into each other. So if you have one, it's very likely you have more than one, right? Depression leads to substance abuse most of the time. Uh, anxiety can lead to depression. So they're all kind of gateways for each other. And so the idea is to try and and join these groups to talk through whether it's severe, whether it's just starting, whether you're not even sure if you have it or not. It's just a place for you to come and listen. And the groups are capped at a, at a number, at seven. So basically, when you have seven users in one group, then that group is locked and no one else can join. And it's done. Uh, you join. You can join via chat or via call. And the calls are also all anonymized. So you can even anonymize your voice on these calls if you, if you want to. You know, people talking about sexual assault or very serious mental health issues. Issues, they may not even feel comfortable using their own voice, right? So uh, you can anonymize your voice on the calls or you can chat with each other. The idea is, and, and we need to add some of these features, but the idea is really we want to be able to facilitate regular meetings within these groups to be able to at least have a kind of schedule that that uh, can be kept and, and have... Um, 
yeah, some kind of like a routine, I would say. So it's 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 not quite there yet because we haven't gotten to the point where we're asking people where they're located. But probably what we'll end up doing in the next iteration is including some kind of a calendar where you can um, put your time zone or the preferred time zone where you are. And based on an algorithm that we write, it will suggest a, a good time for the, the group to meet. And then you'll get some notifications based on that to be able to, to join in and chat. But right now, what we see is a lot of people are just chatting. They're not using the call function. They're just chatting with each other. Hey, does anyone have a time? Does any, can anyone talk now? You know, whatever it is. And if you call into the group, that's automatically pushed to all of the users. So if you do have a kind of emergency and you really need to talk to someone in the group, that phone call will register. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Outside the app, well, even if you're not actively using it. So the talking or the chatting, just as you say, it's basically just typing in your responses and, and your questions and comments, right? There, you're, you're, it's like a no, yeah, you're, okay. And you're working on, well, you, you have the option of, hey, if you want to let us hear your voice, we can disguise it, but nobody's yes. taking advantage of that yet. But that's okay, though. That's okay, because right now they're building relationships. They're getting... And that, and that yes. safe that safe zone has to be there, I would think, before someone feels comfortable enough to want to get on a phone or whatever. Yes. And then because of because of the time, because is this global? Are these folks? Yes, all it's available everywhere. That's why. Yes, that's because of the time zone differences. We really need to um, yeah. include something that allows people to be able to connect on a time that makes sense for everyone, right? Yeah. Because six p.m. for me would be, you know, midnight in Australia would be, you know, ten p.m. Yeah. in 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 India or Asia. So or right um, here it in LA, a, it's nine a.m. Right, with you and I. Yeah, exactly. So it's really about finding a, a common time when people can can kind of join and, and chat with each other or like but like I said if there is an emergency you you will get a and you you happen to be in that group you you will get a call in the middle of the night anyway um, because that will be pushed directly to you but the idea is to try to get some kind of a regimented yeah I wouldn't say like schedule but like a routine where you start to get comfortable with the people in the group you start to be able to share more you feel comfortable sharing more and that has to happen at your own pace so the groups are also not monitored they're not uh, we're not watching what people are writing we're not you know as admins we do very very little in terms of of actually overseeing what happens in the group um and so the idea of that is also to ensure your privacy right you're not going to be as open with each other if you know that there's an admin that's kind of overseeing what you're saying and you would formulate things differently then. So we really, I'm, to be honest, we really don't have time to sit there and read all of the messages that are going on in every group. So, but we do, we do offer the people the chance for people to kind of police the groups as well. So when, when, did, when did you launch it? When, when did you? Just six months ago. So okay. it's very, very new. Um, it's very many, new, but it's, yep, go ahead. Yeah. How many users, how many members? So far? We're just shy of 300. I think we will probably get 300 in the next, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks or so. And it's we'll free, of course, I would imagine, to, to join, right? It will be in the next iteration. Right now, you do have to pay a very small amount. Um, but it's it's uh, the idea is we want it to be free. Yes, I think it costs okay. something like 99 cents to download it now. But you, okay. you would pay nothing in the next in the next group. And, and the then you're going to handle the surcharges around the phone calling. So whatever whatever WhatsApp is using is that same kind of technology? Yes, except it's encrypted. So 
I believe the difference between, well, now WhatsApp is end-to-end encrypted, but it wasn't for a very, very long time, which a lot of people were upset about, right? Because it kept getting hacked three, four, five times. And I guess that's fine if you're just sharing pictures, but if you're sharing personal intimate details about an experience you had or or something like that, we just cannot afford to to not have encryption from the gate. So um, we actually run on a platform called Agora, which is very specific to kind of telemedicine and um, and, and this. So they have a very different kind of encryption rules. And we we really, we also archive all of the messages, I think every 72 hours or so, so that again, someone in the group can't, you can't copy paste anything, you can't record anything. Like there's very limited, we really limit what you can do in the groups for to the end of protecting your privacy, mm-hmm. right? Now, let me ask you this, Nisha, is this your baby? Is this your creation? Was this your idea or was this a team effort? Who came up with this? It was my idea and I had to convince really quite a few people that it it, it needed to exist more or less um it I was, was going to say because I was going to say how did you get the funding how did you how did you you got to get this developed you got to get this created you need money for that right I mean how did this whole talk talk about that entrepreneurial process sure so uh I I cheated a little bit because I'm actually a UX designer by trade uh so I have a lot of the skills needed to actually program and design the app, but not, not, not everything for sure. But I was able to do quite a bit of it on my own in my, in my spare time. That being said, it took quite a long time for this to launch because, you know, in addition to having a family and, and all of the other responsibilities, having actually a nine to five job, this was kind of just a pet project I was working on. But like I said, I really suffered from some quite heavy mental health issues uh, throughout the course of my career. And, Having experienced that myself, I really understood the urgency. Yeah, yeah. So, so, all right. So, you're a designer. Okay. And um, so, would I help? Because you say a lot of money in terms of having to hire a designer. Did indeed. You, yes. Did you need any kind of funding to get this app put together or? Um, uh, I, I did, but it was quite minimal at the beginning. So that was kind of easily collected among the people that were that kind of globbed onto the project with me. So we are kind of self-funded and crowdsourced. In the, but I think as we continue to discuss adding new features, adding new enhancements, we will certainly start the pre-seed and VC process as well, as well because it's we have so many ambitions now for the app and we've actually received so much feedback from our users in terms of what could be added, what could be done better, what they think. You know, it, First of all, it's very, very humbling that, that they're finding value in the app. It was only meant to be the first iteration and there's so many additional things we want to do and so we'll have to go through the funding process. But thankfully... To get it out the door, we were able to do a lot of it ourselves because all of us are nerds. <laughs> we're all tech techies, so um, I'm a you know I, I have experience with UX design. I, I I enlisted a friend that was a front end engineer, mobile engineer. So we were able to do a lot of the rudimentary stuff ourselves, and then we kind of just needed it to be polished, and that we were able to pay for ourselves. So are there a lot of apps online that cover different? areas like this i mean i've never explored it yours yeah so there are a few many of them actually are are heading more in the direction of like an ai therapist which given the success of chat gpt and open ai i kind of understand that i can't wrap my head around the idea of 
talking through my deepest, darkest emotions with an AI. Not yet, at least. That's just me. Maybe I'm old fashioned in that yeah. way. But um, but I know that there are quite a few apps that are, are leaning toward this direction. But other than that, there's very few. I mean, in addition to kind of social media, there are forums and groups that you can join. But then you have to join with a public, your public profile. And so if you're comfortable outing yourself as someone that has anxiety, depression, suffers from burnout, has a, you know, is transgender, whatever it might be, then I think that's fantastic. And that's a great free forum for you to use. But I know personally, it's not something I would ever be comfortable with yeah. because just, you know, have, make, having that information public for me, at least for me, the stigma still exists. Maybe for some, not, not so much, but for me, I could never do that. And so this is really a kind of interim solution that bridges these two things. Well, as you know, this is a branding web uh, podcast. It's all about achieving leadership in your space, your category, your industry through your brand. And I think you really have something that is remarkable. And I, I assume you are tying in the app with some kind of outcome, some kind of result for the participants, correct? In other words, you don't want to just say, hey, it's a forum where you can talk. They have to feel that something is going to be improved in their life or uh, certain problems or challenges mental health wise are going to be solved. What, what are your thoughts around that from a branding standpoint? What's the, what's really in it for them along with having a place to chat with others? Um, well, there are a few things, I believe a few facets to that answer this question. Yeah. Um, it's significantly more affordable than going to a, an online therapist or even a counselor or something like this. So if you are having financial issues, I, I remember there's a joke that's kind of apropos here where um, a guy went to a therapist to deal with his stress. And then at the end of the month, he got his bill from the therapist and he was just stressed all over again. <laughs> I think I heard that joke. Yeah. <laughs> and... I just, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I, I laughed the first time, but now that joke makes me so angry, really, yeah, I know. because it's just, it's so unfair that mental health is only available to the people who can afford it. I mean, the, actually, the people who are the most vulnerable are the people who probably come from low-income households who cannot, right? And so, you know, there's another say, joke that goes along with that. Guys, guy goes to a therapist to help deal with his stress. And he discovers that the therapist is more stressed out than he is. <laughs> yes, could also be true. Yes. I know. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, also the idea of, of bearing your soul to a, to a therapist, I don't know, for me, I, I always have, well, maybe I'm just more suspicious than the average person, but you know, you're paying them for advice. So how do you know that they have your best interest at heart actually? Exactly. So, but that's very, maybe that's too, it could be, uh, it could be about a uh, bill of all hours. It could be about getting those. Exactly. It could be about, yes. Or about a treatment. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> or insurance. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, again, maybe that's a little bit too cynical, but uh, I mean, for me, it's really the advice that I get from people that are, are like me, the, my, my peers that have nothing to gain from telling me that something worked for them. I'm always going to try that always, because for me, it, it seems like it's so much more authentic and so much more genuine than, uh, than, than meeting with therapists. So it's affordable. You are completely anonymous, so you can actually be your authentic self. 
You don't have to be ashamed of what you went through or, or what you're going through um, because you're not alone. And, and that's really the big thing is to really reiterate this idea that people are not alone. We, we toyed with the idea of asking in the, in the groups for, for like having them fill in feedback forms and things like that. And I think we will do that down the road, but I think we do need a, a few more users before we actually pursue that. But that's one of the KPIs we want to track is actually just getting the feedback from our users. What do you find useful? What do you not find useful? Is this group working for you? Is it not? And if a group is not working for you, is the solution just to join another one or does that frustrate the process so much that you leave? So we're still, I think, trying to collect and solicit that information from the users. But for us, the users are the most important people because they're they're the ones who are using the app. They're the ones who are experiencing the features. And we've already gotten, like I said, so many great ideas from them. One of them is in, is integrating um, a video library of, of video games that deal specifically with mental health. So if you cannot or are not able to articulate what you have been through or what you are going through, the idea is perhaps you can play a video game that that kind of hones in on that emotion, grief or long distance relationships or gaslighting or whatever it was. Um, and to be able to experience it kind of from the outside, to be able to see it with fresh eyes and almost objectively, right? To be able to experience through an avatar what that might feel like and to try to, <clears throat> sorry, separate yourself a bit. Let me ask from, you this question because, let me ask you this because you're an inspiration for a lot of people out there who have an app or want to create an app and, and, and so on and so forth. Going back to the funding, is your funding coming from venture capitalists or angel investors or uh, Yes, it's, it's, most, it's, yeah. it's mostly angel investors right now. Okay. Um, we haven't gone through the VC process yet because the app was just not big enough uh, really yeah. to to do that the in the first iteration. But like I mentioned, I believe we will go through VC funding if we have the ambition then to kind of start integrating private video games and, and soliciting kind of game developers to create games that have an, a mental health issue or have a mental health angle to them. Um, there are some that are out there that are just, I mean, just amazing. So how, how, did, how did you find your um, angel investors? Um, there's a there's there's a directory um, at least in Germany of um, of angel investors that are are looking for new projects angel investors that have invested into mental health in the past okay. um, and so and also through the network so I mean because I'm kind of an advocate for better mental health there's not that many of us in Germany so we all kind of know each other and are working on parallel projects and as a result we're, we're we're a very open community there's not that many of us advocating for that particular issue and at least nice. in, in the dark region i would say so um we're able to share information about which investors also would be um, maybe more uh willing to listen to a pitch from us versus investors that have kind of done what they're going to do for the year and they're finished and so on i haven't actually gone through the process of of trying to do that in the US, but I believe it's probably even more, probably even easier to get the, the angel investor funding in the US, considering that it's, it's just so much bigger and there's so much more potential for that. And going back to the users, I'm curious, do they fit a certain demographic profile? I know you're gathering data about them. Are they within a certain age range? 
uh, what's going on in terms of male versus female, married, single, kids, no kids, ethnicity, nationality, employed, unemployed? What, what, what's going on with that demographic? Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting question. Um, we don't collect all of those demographics yet, um, but we do have a few to work off of. Um, the main, let's say, age demographic for our users is, is working adults. So from 25 to 55, I would say, somewhere in this age range. So a bit broad, but we're not really getting, let's say, teenagers or preteens that much, um, perhaps because no, we're not we're not techy enough. I don't know. We're maybe like I said, maybe too old fashioned. Maybe for them, talking to an AI is what they prefer. I'm not sure. Wow. Um, huh. But um, what is also very interesting from a geographic standpoint is most of our users are out of EMEA and Asia. We have we don't have that many users actually that are in the Americas yet. Um, and I, like I said, maybe the market is a bit different there. It's maybe a bit more saturated, which is which is fine. Or people have other preferences, or they actually prefer seeing someone in person, a therapist, or so on. But out of uh, Asia, Asia and APAC, we see actually a lot of this very similar demographic that happen within the groups. Especially, it's really interesting to look at it because it's a lot of the stigma around mental health is also culturally driven. So. In Asia, it's it's really very very difficult to talk about any of this stuff. Yeah. It's, if you have a mental health issue, it you bring shame on your family by talking about it. I know. Versus in the United States, where it's a much more open culture, where people, I, I think, at least if you're comparing it to Asia, um, I think you can talk about having anxiety or depression. I mean, there are a couple that are okay now stress and burnout and depression and anxiety. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because going, uh, we talked about demographics, but let's get into mm -hmm. what are called psychographics, which gets into pain points and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Are there, are you finding with your users that there is a skew towards certain types of trauma or stress? Well, what's going on there that are the triggers for a mental health issue that would drive them to your platform? Well, that's a very loaded question. Um, <laughs> that's very difficult to answer because yeah. mental health can be triggered by just about anything. We have a lot of users struggling from many of the ones I just mentioned. Um, so anxiety, depression, burnout. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're very different. We, yeah. EMEA, is very different from the United States in that regard. Like we are... We have very high burnout numbers as well. And yeah. we, did, we didn't have the great resignation the way that the United States did, but people definitely left their jobs because they just could not handle anymore, uh, you know, not having a good work-life balance. And it's it's really interesting. The I would say the majority of the people who are on our site, their mental health issue has something to do with work, with yeah. their work, whether it's the, the line of business that they're actually in or the fact that their employer is is doesn't value mental health, or they don't have the right work-life balance. Um, I would say a lot of it is, and or you know, you really have a lot of, and maybe it's more in Europe. I don't know. We'd need to compare, but you have a lot of people, women specifically, who come to talk about gender bias in the office, suffering from imposter syndrome for years and years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, really just a lot of you know sexual harassment in the office as well from women, the the, the gender gap, uh, the pay gender gap as well. I mean, so suffering from some kind of financial duress. 
So there's there are really a lot of them. I mean, not all of them, obviously, uh, but many of them are are triggered by work. Oh yeah, because if say. you start looking at work and money, and then extend that over to relationships, I mean, those three right there. Yes, uh, for uh, sure. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can. Yes, and I would say even, I mean, the COVID pandemic certainly did a number on everyone, right? But um, I mean, you have a lot of people that have su that are suffering from like horrifying grief because they lost someone in, in the pandemic, right? And they've not been able to fully get over it. And it's amazing. I never thought of grief as a mental health issue. It's just, for me, it's just something that will happen. Like everyone will experience that at some point. And so, but to think about the mental health ramifications of that is, is I think the COVID pandemic really put that in perspective for myself and for a lot of people right because if you if you are forced to socially distance or you can't leave your house or there are very specific lockdown regulations or so on and so on yeah. that triggers a lot of depression it triggers a lot of substance abuse issues it triggers yeah. a lot of other issues so the, the the covid pandemic might have been great for our physical health i mean in sorry the social distancing and all of the things we had to do might have been great for our physical health but they definitely were horribly detrimental for our mental health well listen you and i could talk on and on about this topic because uh you're on to something that is relevant uh which of course and branded is very important and i just wanted to tip my hat off to you but i gotta ask you one last question and that's this for people who are tuning in and they are connecting with you and they're asking, how can I find out about you? What steps do I need to take? What are your socials? What are your URLs? How can people connect with you in your app? Yes. It's funny because this app has forced me to become social media present. I really wasn't that much before. Yeah. Uh, but um, so our handle is at confidconvos. You can find us on. Spell, spell that out for everybody, please. Yeah. So at C-O-N-F-I-D-C-O-N-V-O-S. Okay. Uh, our website is the same, confidconvos.com. And um, so you, uh, we're on Pinterest, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, Snapchat, I believe also. Um, and uh, yes, those are the two. And uh, we no, also are on, write- Are you on TikTok? TikTok is big. No, we're not on TikTok because, it, because it, well, because I didn't know that, <laughs> I'm old. I didn't know that much about it, uh, first of all. But second of all, it's actually banned in a lot of Asian countries. So um, yeah. it doesn't really make gotten sense for our- gotten, gotten controversial, yeah. Yes, so, I mean, we're on Twitter. I find that controversial enough for me already. <laughs> yeah. so, um, but we also write a lot of thought leadership. That's also what I wanted to say. We post all the time about podcasts that are talking about mental health, or we also write a lot of thought leadership about what's happening in the mental health space and how even if you don't download the app, there are many, many things you can do for yourself um, to try and, and get into a, a better routine, switch the notifications off on your phone. That's a really big one. Um, we just wrote a piece of thought leadership specifically about the misdiagnoses that happen around mental health and how to, to try and try and help doctors diagnose you by recognizing some symptoms already. Because I understand the dilemma that doctors have. Many of these mental health issues have the same symptoms, so it's very hard to know. Yeah. But 
the the cost of misdiagnosing you is is huge because suddenly you're taking medication for something you don't need you're experiencing side effects for something you don't need i it was staggering it was very surprising as i was writing it i had no idea that the the rates were so high so i mean definitely if there's anything we can do in this space to try and educate people or to try and help out with mental health we really want to because no one should have to suffer from mental health alone well, listen, There's definitely someone out there suffering from the same thing you are. So, well, actually, that's what was I was going to lead into my next question, which is before we sign off, is there one last thing that you would like to say to our audience who are tuning in? And it probably has to piggyback on what you were just saying. Yes. So no one no one can go through mental health issues alone, but you don't have to because there is no whatever mental health issue you have. I promise you there is someone else out there experiencing something very, very similar. You're just not connected on the right platforms. You might be connected on Instagram, but you're not going to talk about your mental health issue on Instagram. But here, if you connect, I think the, the connections you find are surprising and in some cases life saving. So. There's really no downside to having the app on your phone. Um, and please give us feedback on what you think we can do better. That's always something we're looking for. So just get in touch directly with me. There's very easy ways to do that. Um, but please you know, stay healthy, stay strong. Mental health issues are, are very difficult to deal with. I completely understand that. Um, and if there's anything else we can do to help, we want to, so. Uh, thank you, Nisha. And I'll give you another another uh, hot topic. And of course, you probably know this. We talked about work-related issues and finances and relationship. And this one comes from the fact that you're an introvert, as you had shared earlier with me, right? And that, and that is dealing with feelings of loneliness and feeling Indeed. alone as if you're all by yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting question because... I mean, I don't know. I haven't explored it in detail, but you're triggering a very interesting thought process for me because yeah. I think introverts prefer being alone. <laughs> yeah. They, we, you know, we find solace in in solitude, whereas extroverts find it very hard to be alone. And so, I don't know. Maybe there's also a connection that can be made there, where introverts yeah. can kind of share some best practices and tips about how do you deal with solitude? How do you deal with being alone and, and you know i think i think extroverts will also be able to find a lot of joy in being alone as well if they if they don't look at it in, as a kind of yeah. negative thing but if they have some practices to, to help them out so hmm. i'm not saying that that's going to cure you but right. again it's just it's another kind of connection that could be made on this platform oh yeah i've dealt with these issues myself for years yes, and uh, I mean, people who are close to me they know that about me which is um loneliness and feeling alone and I can be extroverted the life of the party and blah 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 but then when I'm by myself that's when I would have major major sadness uh for years okay so yeah but let's not get into that right now but yeah we can <laughs> we can talk offline about that <laughs> sure no, no problem <laughs> listen I gotta sign off but listen Nisha you're awesome and again put your website out there one more time please and spell it out for everyone so they can absolutely www.confidconvos.com. All right. Thank you so much. Well, listen, stay the course. God bless you. And to our viewers and listeners out there, until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Thank you. 
Gary Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brand forward leadership forward slash apply, and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag BrandFordLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. <laughs> so your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.